Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. We have a very, very big show for you today. We'll be joined by Bryson Gray in the third hour. We're going to spend part of the second hour uh, airing a classic interview of Aldous Huxley. There's so much stuff that I'm like, we've covered this, you know, we've we've shown clips from this interview so many times. I mean, is it really, it's really worth showing it in? But then you like, you go on Twitter or something, and you see some famous person quote that interview, and somebody else respond like, "Oh my gosh, this is so amazing!" And it's like I guess people haven't heard this. I guess, I guess we still have to lay the groundwork for a lot of people. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to show you a classic interview from Mike Waldus and Aldous, Aldous Huxley, where Aldous Huxley lays out exactly what is going to happen in the future that we're now living through: the pharmaceutical ultimate revolution, beyond which all further revolution is impossible. And it really gives you an idea of just how long these plans have been in motion now that they come to near their fruition. But I want to start with a video I think is pretty pretty amazing. Clip number four here. I want to go to clip number four because one of the big changes recently is that uh, Twitter is no longer checking COVID misinformation, which means the truth about COVID-19, the vaccines and all of it can finally be spoken on Twitter. I think this is a good example of the way that when they're caught out in their lies, the powers that be just sort of shift the goalposts a little bit. I don't think I need to remind you that all through 2020, 2021, and for the first half of 2022, the idea of the COVID-19 virus coming from a lab was deemed horrific misinformation. It was silenced, censored, and demonized. Of course, that put a little bit of a roadblock in the way of actually figuring out what this disease was, how severe it was, and what we should do about it. You can't you know, find solutions for things if you can't get accurate information about it. Uh, but now that the Republicans are in charge of the Oversight Committee, the truth is starting to trickle out, and Anthony Fauci is trying already to desperately weasel his way out of it. Let's go now to clip number four. Republicans are taking over the House of Representatives, which means there's going to be a lot of oversight hearings earlier in the program. We heard from uh, the the soon-to-be chairman of the Oversight Committee. Uh, And obviously, they're going to hold hearings on the origins of COVID. Uh, You have said that you think that it is likely that it was a natural development from animal to to human, uh, but that your mind is open about it possibly being from a lab leak. Uh, and, And the investigation is going to be about specifically... Uh, whether there's any connection, if there was a lab leak, to U.S. investments uh, in virus research at the Wuhan uh, lab. Uh, it's possible, right? I mean, well, well, it's possible that there's a lab leak. But if you look at the viruses that the NIH funded, and it was a very small grant, $120,000, $130,000 a year, uh, granting to study bat viruses in a surveillance way to see what's out there, if you look at those viruses and you look at the, the what was done with the viruses, it would be essentially molecularly impossible for those viruses to turn into SARS-CoV-2 mm-hmm. because they were so evolutionarily distant that I can't tell you what's going on in all of China and in other things. But right. I can tell you for sure 
that if you look at the viruses that the NIH grant funded to study in a surveillance way, anybody who even has a peripheral understanding of evolutionary virology will tell you these viruses could not possibly turn into SARS-CoV-2. So when you talk about a leak, maybe there's a lab leak, but it's not with the viruses that the NIH was funding. That's almost certain that that's the case. Oh, almost so, certain. What? Oh, we're almost certain that we didn't actually create the virus that destroyed the world. We're almost certain on that. Oh, really? Really? Isn't that, isn't that interesting how it works? Isn't that interesting how it goes? Just like the vaccine eff efficacy from 100% to it doesn't stop transmission to it doesn't protect you to most people are dying have been fully vaccinated. Uh, isn't that interesting how it always just this slips down a little bit. They've known the whole time. These people are inveterate liars and uh, they should all be in prison for a start for for a very timid start. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. We'll be joined in the third hour by rapper Bryson Gray, who's been making a pretty big splash recently with his, uh, with his music, the way Apple is uh, censoring him. He also has a protest song out about Balenciaga. Very excited to talk to him in the third hour. We'll be showing you during the second hour an extended uh, original interview from Aldous Huxley from the 1950s where, again, he gives really detailed insight into exactly what the plan was moving forward. And you can watch that with uh, the knowledge of how it all turned out, how exactly right he was back then. Really amazing stuff. We're going to, of course, talk about uh, more continuing fallout from Kanye and, and Nick Fuentes which is dominating the headlines still continually, more so than like the mass murders recently or, or anything else uh, for that matter. This is the most important thing we have to talk about. Uh, obviously not, but there's also the uh, increasing crackdown of protesters in China. We'll show you those videos. We'll get into all of it. But we begin today with our Daily Dispatch and a very sad story. So uh, here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for, what is it, Wednesday, 30th of November, 2022. Our first story, a truly heartbreaking one. Oath Keepers Stuart Rhodes found guilty of seditious conspiracy. Oath Keeper founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted Tuesday of seditious conspiracy for a violent plot to overturn President Biden's election, handing the Justice Department a major victory in its massive prosecution of the January 6, 2021 insurrection. That's right, folks. The violent insurrection that wasn't violent and wasn't an insurrection. The, the violent overthrow of the United States government in which the uh, primary movers and shakers had no plan to overthrow the government, committed no violence, were not carrying weapons, didn't even enter into the Capitol that is the center point of the so-called insurrection. It, it, words cannot describe how absurd this finding is, especially when you consider the fact that there were no less than and probably much more than eight FBI agents embedded within the Oath Keepers who could have blown the whistle and pulled the rug on any sort of violent activity if there ever was any. But there wasn't, of course. Stuart Rhodes has been held in prison for 
over a year, I believe, uh, pre-trial to this. Of course, there was at least a year and a half in which he could have fled the country, could have uh, run away, could have staged another insurrection. Of course, uh, that was never the intent in the first place. There were never any claims for that. The entire proof that the government relied on as they changed their prosecutorial theory throughout the trial started with this was a a violent insurrection and it sort of transmogrified into well they intended to actually what they really wanted we're mind readers and we can tell that if things had been different they would have done something bad i mean it's just really sort of the most outrageous and ridiculous thing you can possibly imagine especially when you consider that there are multiple defendants the charge was conspiracy. Some of the f- defendants were found innocent of the conspiracy, but other ones were found guilty. So essentially you have two people, uh, Stuart Rhodes and uh, Kelly Meggs, uh, were, conf- were convicted of seditious conspiracy, I guess, with each other. It was two people. Two people were going to overthrow the United States government, and they did that by uh, not going into the Capitol, not having any weapons and actually actively telling their subordinates to not engage in violence at the Capitol and to uh, leave as peacefully as possible. It's, again, impossible to describe how ridiculous this is. Obviously, our heartfelt prayers go out to Stuart Rhodes. He faces up to 20 years in prison, having been the first person ever convicted of seditious conspiracy in the United States. And again, we can... uh, well, I'll look back at this in decades and see it for exactly uh, what it is, the beginning of total absolute tyranny in this country where the Justice Department criminalizes any activity against them, peaceful protest in the First Amendment be damned. Truly incredible. We'll, we'll cover more of that in just a little bit. But hey, all I can say is uh, – Everyone listening to this with a Twitter account should probably go ask Darren J. Beattie what he thinks about all of this. Pretty pretty tragic that uh, at the moment where he was being unfairly prosecuted by the United States government, uh, practically everybody who was friends or supporters of Stuart Rhodes threw him under the bus and abandoned him at the behest of baseless accusations from Darren J. Beattie. wonder how he feels about that. I really do. Meanwhile, Christians are now a minority in England and Wales. Fewer than half the people in England and Wales identify as Christians, according to a census data released on Tuesday, underlining a landmark shift towards secularism in multicultural Britain. That's one way to put it. The findings from the 10-yearly uh, ten census carried out in 2021 came, over just a, uh, came just over a month after Rishi Sunak became Britain's first Hindu prime minister. So yes, after... Well, something like over a thousand years of Christian rule in the UK, Christianity has fallen. And that's just one of the many problems that the UK is facing right now, and we'll get more into that a little bit later. But yeah, something like uh, 46% of England and Wales describe themselves as Christians, down 13.1 percentage points from just 10 years ago. So practically uh, dropping a well, more than a percentage point a year over the last 10 years as the concerted effort to destroy uh, spiritual reality or organized religion in the Western world has massive success. Zelensky, meanwhile, says that rebuilding Ukraine will cost more than $1 trillion. Get working, Americans. 
get working. The Ukrainians need your money, and they're going to take it, whether you like it or not. Rebuilding Ukraine will cost more than $1 trillion, Ukrainian President Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky said during a video address to the General Assembly and the International Bureau of Expositions on Tuesday. The International Bureau of Expositions. That's another uh, another highly needed international conglomeration. According to Zelensky, Ukraine is developing a system that will allow partner com- countries to become patrons of Ukrainian regions, cities, or businesses. <laughs> okay. All right. We're already seeing interest in the program from France. So they're what they're colonizing themselves. They're going to so, divide their countries, their country into colonies to be occupied by European nations. Thank God, since you know we know this is all about uh, keeping Ukrainian sovereignty in place. They say so far the damage from the repairing the damage from the war is at seven hundred fifty uh, million, but let's multiply that by a thousand, and then we're uh, somewhere closer to the estimate that they want one trillion dollars to rebuild Ukraine after they broke it in the first place. Pretty incredible stuff. I think I think the solution is just give Ukraine to to Russia and that'll cripple them economically. I'm a strategist. Trillion dollars. Trillion dollars of your money. There it is. It's look, Ukrainians can only sell so many children. They can't make up a trillion dollars just in illegal organ harvesting money. I mean, maybe a couple billion, but I mean beyond that, they're gonna need you know the the farm workers and factory workers and uh, storekeepers here in America to uh, make up the difference for that. It's all your fault. You have to you have to pay the price now. Pretty incredible. Uh, meanwhile, from InsidePaper.com, at least twenty tornadoes hit southern U.S. At least twenty tornadoes hit the southern United States on Wednesday, cutting power and damaging homes. The National Weather Service said, urging. Uh, residents to seek shelter tornado struck the states of mississippi louisiana and alabama damaging roads downing trees and blowing roofs off of houses nws said nws described one tornado ripping through alabama as life-threatening in an advisory issued at 8 45 a.m a praise go out to the people who are affected by this obviously um it's our fault for for not submitting to the new world order Obviously, all weather now is climate change, so unless you start eating bugs and living in a pod, uh, the tornadoes will continue. Meanwhile, in government news, Senate passes vote to make same-sex marriage a federal law. We'll get into that. It's more about punishing people that don't go along with it, about punishing the bakers and uh, dressmakers that don't want to participate in gay weddings. That's what it's really about. We'll get into more on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. As an all-star fighter, businessman, motivational speaker, and philanthropist, Andrew Tate has truly earned the title of Top G. But there's another title Andrew Tate holds that has enraged the globalist. He is consecutively the most Googled man in the world in the last two years. And that's because his message is about human and specifically male empowerment. Now, Andrew Tate is taking his fight to empower and supercharge men to the next level. Introducing Top G Supplements. We are proud to introduce and sponsor the Top G line of supplements by Andrew Tate and his crew. Now you have the chance to benefit in body, mind, and soul with the same supplements that Andrew Tate takes himself. Learn more about these amazing products at andrewtatepower.com. andrewtatepower.com. And discover the power of Andrew Tate's new supplements that are the highest quality on the market. Men grow up to be like me. You're going to have a whole bunch of people with no criminal record, dedicated athletes 
who protect and provide for the people close to them. Christmas 2022 is almost here. And we have great products at InfoWarsStore.com that empower your body, your libido, your immune system, that just enrich your life. So whether it's Vitamin Mineral Fusion or DNA Force Plus or Body's Ultimate Tumor Formula, they're all still in stock, discounted up to 60% with promo code 1776. And now finally, we have brought back free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com on orders of $50 or more and big discounts on the regular shipping as well. Plus the book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, signed or unsigned, it's also available with free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com. So again... That's free shipping on all orders, $50 or more at InfoWarsStore.com and up to 60% off at checkout with promo code 1776. And we've got the signed and unsigned copies of the Great Reset War for the World book as well, which make perfect stocking stuffers. Don't wait, take action at InfoWars. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back ladies and gentlemen this is the american journal infowars.com and band.video it's where you go to support us free gift things over right i mean infowarsstore.com yesterday was the last day to get uh, your free gift but you may be able to take advantage of a of a lapse in the infowars store updating since that's extra free gift uh, will be going away probably within hours you can go down to InfoWarsStore.com. You can still get 60% off Brain Force Plus, 50% off DNA Force Plus, one of our best-selling and uh, actually one of our pricier products. So you're getting a massive discount when you get 50% off that DNA Force Plus. You also get 50% off Bodies, my personal favorite or one of my favorites. Knockout's probably my favorite. If I can only have one, I'd, I'd choose I'd choose Knockout. But I don't have to only have one. You can take all of the supplements. You can combine them and get even better effects than if you take them individually. All available at InfoWarsStore.com right now, 50 to 60% off, plus double Patriot points in our mega blowout sale. A lot of these products are selling out, so go quickly to get them before it's too late. We have a lot of stories to cover, a lot of videos to show you still. Some some pretty mind-blowing stuff. I do just want to start with... uh, the, the really devastating news. I don't know why. I don't know why I, I held out hope. I don't know why I still have this sort of ignorant faith in the American judicial system, thinking that 12 random jurors would be able to see through the lies and manipulation of the Department of Justice. But you always want to hold out hope until it's really too late and that's what happened yesterday as the oath keepers Stuart Rhodes someone I'm very proud to call a personal friend has been found guilty of seditious conspiracy for his activity in January 6th he's the first person in America to be charged and convicted for seditious conspiracy done so on the basis of nothing more than text messages and statements that Stewart publicly made about the danger of allowing America to fall into the hands of a tyrannical, unaccountable elite. Essentially, they took statements where you'd say things like, we have to stop this now or 
you know, things are going to get really bad in the future and said, see, he's calling for civil war. No, he's predicting exactly what has come to fruition. He was right about what he was saying. Wasn't, you're not calling for war by saying if we allow tyrannical warmongers to take control, there will be war. But that's what they convicted him of. A Washington, D.C. jury found Rhodes guilty of sedition after three days of deliberation in the nearly two-month-long trial that showcased the, as the AP News puts it, far-right extremist group's effort to keep Republican Donald Trump in the White House at all costs. At all costs. Yeah, they showed up unarmed to a protest. Convict them now. Sentence them now. They didn't do anything bad, but people who talked to them did, so throw them in prison for two decades. Pretty incredible. Rhodes was acquitted of two other conspiracy charges. A co-defendant, Kelly Meggs, who led the anti-government group's Florida chapter, was also convicted of seditious conspiracy, while three other associates were cleared of that charge. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that you have a conspiracy where most of the conspirators, conspirators are not convicted of that conspiracy, but the conspiracy still exists? Isn't that weird how that happens? So two people have been convicted. It was a it was a two person conspiracy to overthrow the United States government. They didn't have any political backing. They had no ability to form a government of any sort. They didn't bring weapons to the peaceful protest. They didn't encourage their members to do anything dangerous. In fact, they encouraged them to not go into the Capitol and were mad at their subordinates when they learned that they had gone into the Capitol. None of that matters, though, apparently, because it's, it's their thoughts that are being convicted right now. Pretty wild. Uh, jurors found all five defendants guilty of obstruction of an official proceeding, Congress's certification of Biden's electoral victory, which, of course, was obstructed not by the protests that overwhelmed the purposefully small capital defenses that day, but actually stopped when the Bombs were discovered outside of the Capitol building. The placer of those bombs, of course, has never been identified, despite the fact that Washington, D.C. is a total surveillance state. And the FBI likely knows exactly who this person is because they probably sent them, if I had to guess. But, of course, if you simply search Stuart Rhodes' name and Twitter, you, you get an idea of what this is really all about. You get a, a pretty good view of what's actually happening as basically every single person immediately says, yeah, now we can go after Trump. Now that we have Stuart Rhodes, we know who the real ringleader was. It was Donald Trump's. We can use this as a springboard. Sure. It's a human being with a life that we're destroying, but that's just a small price to pay in pursuit of our political goals. Uh, Everybody who's anybody is uh, absolutely celebrating this on the left. Stuart Rhodes, guilty of seditious conspiracy. Doug Jones says, the conviction of the Oath Keepers founder sends a powerful and unambiguous message regarding January 6th and how it should be viewed. It also demonstrates the resolve of the Department of Justice to hold those who instigated and participated in it accountable. It was a peaceful protest, I remind you. It was a it was a 99.9% peaceful protest in which the only violence that broke out only broke out when the police started firing flashbangs and tear gas into a crowd that was not attacking anybody. Pretty wild stuff. But, of course, they recognize that this is just one more stepping stone, one more domino to fall in their pursuit of absolute control and their 
destitution and elimination of the First Amendment and the ability of people to actually protest against the United States government. Sure, there was a a year or more of violent insurrection that took place in every city in America with tens of thousands of people being highly coordinated by activists crossing state lines and coordinating riots that destroyed billions of dollars worth of damage in the year preceding to that. But that wasn't the, bi- the big issue. The big issue was that Congress uh, had to had to evacuate the Capitol for a couple of hours while people peacefully wandered through the halls and took selfies with each other. So, I mean, let's put things in perspective, of course. This could embolden investigators, they say, whose work has expanded beyond those who attacked the Capitol to focus on others linked to Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland recently named a veteran prosecutor, Jack Smith, to serve as special counsel to oversee a key aspect of a probe into efforts to subvert the election, as well as a separate investigation into the retention of classified documents at Trump's Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago. Of course, the argument that Stewart made and that is obviously true is that the 2020 election was by all definition and without speculation unconstitutional. The changes that were made on behalf of the COVID lockdown were not passed through the proper channels. They were initiated by fiat by people like the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania and and others who simply changed the law on a whim without putting it to a vote, without securing the election in any meaningful way and allowed for potential uh, voter fraud, which of course was then exposed by people who were involved in it under oath. None of that was investigated. None of that was litigated in the court. And it didn't even need to be because the fact that the rules were changed in the first place was un- unconstitutional and made the entire election fraudulent. But you're not allowed to question it. You're not allowed to look into it. If you do, you may very well be charged with seditious conspiracy. That's the message they're sending as they destroy our ability to actually operate a republic. Christmas 2022 is almost here. And we have great products at InfoWarsStore.com that empower your body, your libido, your immune system, that just enrich your life. So whether it's Vitamin Mineral Fusion or DNA Force Plus or Body's Ultimate Tumor Formula, they're all still in stock, discounted up to 60% with promo code 1776. And now, finally, we have brought back free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com on orders of $50 or more and big discounts on the regular shipping as well. Plus the book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, signed or unsigned, it's also available with free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com. So again, that's free shipping on all orders, $50 or more at InfoWarsStore.com and up to 60% off at checkout with promo code 1776. And we've got the signed and unsigned copies of the Great Reset War for the World book as well, which make perfect stocking stuffers. Don't wait. Take action at InfoWarsStore.com today. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back, folks. You're the religious type. You might want to dedicate a couple minutes a day to praying for Stuart Rhodes, who for the last year or so has been sitting behind bars in solitary confinement. Awaiting his chance to uh, actually clear the air about what happened on January 6th. Of course, we all know what happened on January 6th. 
a peaceful protest encouraging Republican members of Congress to exercise their constitutional right to demand a 10-day pause in the certification of the election in which they could investigate claims of voter fraud, which were uh, testified to under oath, that were testified to and signed and legally binding affidavits by people who themselves were either actively involved or saw firsthand the way that the election process was manipulated or investigate or bring charges between states such as the Texas or you know Texas versus Pennsylvania case in which Texas claimed that it was being denied its you know fair say in an election because places like Pennsylvania and others instituted mass mail-in ballot changes to the election without any constitutional authority to do so, <laughs> the actual insurrection that took place. Of course, the actual coup that took place was you know, Nancy Pelosi and General Milley conspiring together to deny Donald Trump his rights as president of the United States, duly elected in 2020. Uh, none of that got brought up, though. But it's just worth sort of reminding everybody or putting into perspective how the powers that be in this country feel about people that actually understand and wish to uphold the original constitutional purpose of this nation. Stuart Rhodes never hurt anybody. He's not even accused of it. He never gave orders for anybody to hurt anybody. He was unarmed and made sure that his subordinates in the Oath Keepers organization were also unarmed during the January 6th event, as it was a peaceful protest, in which the only people who died during the event were those murdered by the police, the protesters unarmed who were shot point blank in the chest or beaten to death on the steps of the Capitol. Again, just how this could even possibly have happened is a real indictment of our entire system. Uh, Over the seven weeks of testimony, jurors heard how Rhodes rallied his followers to fight to defend Trump and discuss the prospect of a bloody civil war. My God. My God, he was predicting a bloody civil war because we no longer have the ability to elect people that we want in this country because the entire system is utterly corrupt and tyrants can get into power and then stay there through corrupt manipulation. Gosh, that's – shouldn't warn anybody about you know trouble ahead that that means that you want it apparently even though everything that you're doing is attempting to prevent what you're predicting apparently that's enough just discussing the prospect of something means that you are responsible for that thing happening even when it doesn't happen it's confusing because it's all lies defense attorneys accused prosecutors of twisting their clients words and insisted that the oath keepers came to washington only to provide security for figures such as roger stone a longtime trump ally and those claims from the defense were, of course, backed up by the reality of what actually happened. So, you know, there's that. The defense focused heavily on seeking to show that Rhodes's rhetoric was just bluster and that the Oath Keepers had no plan before January 6th to attack the Capitol. There was no evidence presented of a plan to, protect, to attack the Capitol because there wasn't a plan to attack the Capitol. Everybody saw it in real time. It's a massive protest, and once scuffles with the police started, the police were massively understaffed meaning that you had a million people in Washington, D.C. and about 15 police officers standing in front of the Capitol building with little ropes to block it off. And again, this was after 
a year of violent and you, you know you kind of can't blame the people on january 6th of thinking of actually believing the media actually believing the rhetoric that they'd heard for the last year we're over and over and over we were told this is fine this is good this is what democracy looks like that was the chant they chanted while they burned down federal buildings and attacked police officers in places like chicago you, you kind of can't blame the january 6th protesters for thinking this is how things are now because everybody keeps telling us this is how it is but of course even despite you know being told by the media over and over for an entire year that property is just property man it can be replaced who cares this is about this is what democracy looks like this is what free speech looks like rioting is the voice of the unheard well that's just for one side that's just for one side if you do it you're a domestic terrorist you will be hunted down by the fbi you will be put in a jail cell in solitary confinement in a bright concrete cube uh, for years on end to mentally destroy you because you deserve it. And that's sort of the point, isn't it? That Stuart Rhodes never hurt anybody. He never attempted to overthrow the government. He never told anybody under him to do anything that caused anybody any pain at all whatsoever. The greatest outcome of this was that the vote was delayed a couple hours, which it wasn't even the right in the first place. It was the bombs that were placed. We went over that. But it doesn't matter. These people want you dead. They're celebrating and excited about the fact that Stuart Rhodes will now be in prison. They're mocking and making a big joke out of the fact that this guy's life has been destroyed, even though he hasn't done anything wrong. You got to understand, this is the world that we're in now. Doesn't matter if you've done anything wrong. It really doesn't. Of course, they're not done. Jury selection for a second group of Oath Keepers facing seditious conspiracy charges is scheduled to begin next week. Several members of the Proud Boys, including former National Chairman Enrique Tarrio, are also scheduled to go on trial on the sedition charge in December. An extraordinary move, Rhodes took to the stand to tell jurors there was no plan to attack the Capitol and insist that his followers who went inside the building went rogue. All of that, of course, absolutely true, and the evidence bears it out. And of course, there's evidence also that the FBI was deeply embedded in the Oath Keepers for the entire time and could have put a stop to any plan had there been one. There wasn't one, so they didn't put a stop to anything. Rhodes testified that he had no idea that his followers were going to join the mob and storm the Capitol and said he was upset after he found out some did. And of course, this also is borne out in the messages shared between them where he uh, said they were acting stupid and outside of their mission and to stop doing what they were doing. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. This is a political move, and they'll destroy your life just as rapidly as they'll destroy Stuart Rhodes's. Prosecutor, prosecutor said the Oath Keepers saw an opportunity to advance their plot to stop the transfer of power. Another way to put that would be to advance their constitutional right to oppose the unconstitutional changes that were made to the electoral process in the run-up to the 2020 election that was then taken advantage of never investigated never litigated in court and allowed to absolutely continue uh matthew sabian on twitter or sablin on twitter says i'm still confused about the weird mixture of verdicts some people are guilty of doing the thing and the lead guy is guilty of having conspired with them to do the thing but they were not guilty of a conspiracy with him if you read the jury verdicts as a collective yeah it doesn't make any sense whatsoever this is in response to julie kelly who has some of the best coverage out there about this the case against the oath keepers she says is one of the most absurd political prosecutions in doj history case relied mostly on comms between members but today's mixed bag outcomes and overall defeat for the doj let's hope this overly confident smug prosecutors lead, uh, lose lots of sleep over this 
again, it's just every time, every time I think that like things are turning around in this country, that people are starting to see just how dishonest and manipulative the media in coordination with the you know, politicians are. You just get you just get this cold uh, slap in the face. Of course, Ray Epps, who is on video encouraging people specifically to go into the Capitol the day before and the day of the Capitol uh, riot. He's not uh, even arrested at this point, not under investigation, not facing trial. It's called in unequal application of law, and it's worse than no law at all. We have an out of control judiciary at the behest of their political appointers. We're now systematically engaged in the dismantling of any opposition and any dissident forces opposing their tyrannical rule. It's real, folks. It's the collapse of the republic, and we're living it real time. I've got some good news and bad news. InfoWars is running the biggest sale of 2022 right now on our amazing products. Your chance to empower your body, your health, your immune system, and more, and keep us on the air, a win-win. The bad news is a bunch of our best-selling products have already sold out, and because of supply chain breakdowns, it'll be months and months until these great products come back in. X3 sold out. Our great American coffee blend has sold out. Uh, BioTrucelinium has sold out. But what hasn't sold out is DNA Force Plus, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, Whole Food Multivitamin, Brain Force Ultra, Super Mel Vitality, and so much more. So you've only got a few weeks to get these products at the lowest price you're ever going to find them. Don't fight the crowds. Don't fight the traffic. Don't do all your Christmas shopping in a month like a fool. Do it now. Get it all over with. Get a great deal. And keep InfoWars on the air while empowering your body. InfoWarsStore.com. One of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. Infowars.com forward slash crypto. That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Objection. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. People care about the First Amendment. And in the cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency page, people can give you in Bitcoin. Yes. Yes. Ethereum, right? Yes. As well as XRP, Monero, Litecoin, USD coin, Dogecoin, and Stellar. This is it. Give crypto, fund InfoWars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Thanks to your donations and your support at InfoWarsStore.com, InfoWars is able to broadcast free worldwide, combating the lies of the Great Reset. Give crypto, fund InfoWars. Donate now, InfoWars.com forward slash crypto. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is American Journal. A lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to cover today. We'll sort of take happening to Stuart Rhodes is a jumping off point. Talk about how else this type of atmosphere is affecting the liberty of American citizens. It's just, it's just really crazy. It it really is. I mean, when you look at the way that they are uh, treating Stuart Rhodes and and the the January 6th event – 
right, where police murdered a couple of peaceful protesters and uh, Congress was forced because of a bomb threat to uh, take a couple hours before certifying an election that should have never been allowed to take place in the first place. They act like that is the uh, biggest threat to democracy that the world has ever seen. Meanwhile, like, what do you think? What do you think is worse? What do you think is worse? A couple people, uh, you know, high fiving police as they walk through an open door of the Capitol. Is that is that more damaging to our democracy, or is uh, letting in populations the size of the city of Houston? cross the border illegally in a single year. I mean, what what do you think is a little bit more damaging to the fabric of American society? One of those things is being ruthlessly prosecuted by the U.S. government. The other one is being carried out and facilitated by the U.S. government. It's almost, it's, it's just, it's, it's inexplicable, all of this. Of course, on top of this, you've got the DOJ appointing Jack Smith as special counsel. uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene took to Twitter to discuss Counsel Jack Smith. She says the neutral fair can't be influenced. Special counsel Jack Smith is another DOJ Democrat operative. His Democrat activist wife, Kathy Chevron G. Smith, makes documentaries financed and backed backed by leftist globalist George Soros and is a Biden donor. She also works closely with Barack Obama's wife. Michelle Obama. Jack Smith's mother-in-law was a George Soros senior fellow at the Open Society Foundation. Jack Smith's psychotherapist sister-in-law compared Trump winning POTUS as the same as 9-11 and urged her patients to resist and is also a Biden donor. Special counsel Jack Smith worked with Lois Lerner to target conservative Americans. Jack Smith is not neutral, will not be fair, and is purely political. Democrats always take care of their own, she says. $8 million million in taxpayer money was in the budget last year for Lois Lerner's legal defenses for targeting conservative Americans. So taxpayers should pay for Trump's legal expenses too, right? Fair is fair. Special counsel is just another taxpayer-funded Democrat political campaign that will be used to create more lying headlines, be used to produce Democrat campaign ads in 2024. We're going to defund and stop the special counsel, and Merrick Garland should go ahead and resign, she says. I'm sure he will. I'm sure I'll take that advice. It's like you know, how many how many special counsels do we need? Uh, do we not all remember Robert Mueller? Do we not remember that he had over two years and tens of millions of dollars to sift through every communication from Donald Trump with a fine tooth comb? They still say people still say Trump is a Russian agent. Still, after all of that. Like it just doesn't matter to them. Reality doesn't matter. The results of the investigation don't matter. It's just whatever needs to be said to expedite your political opportunism at that particular moment. It's absolutely wild. This is a good article from Red State that lays it down in the first paragraph here. Federal – uh, federal public defender sounds alarm over unconstitutionally overbroad warrants against January 6th defendants. They say one of the most troubling things about the Biden regime has been the unequal application of law we've ever seen. What has always made the U.S. special in the history of the world was not only its freedom, but its rule of law, which, of course, are one and the same. This is this is the basis of liberty. The the entire concept of liberty sort of came about during the time of the Roman Republic, and it meant that you were under the protection of the Roman state. 
meant that you had rights to make your argument in the Roman courts. That's that's what justice is. That's what the rule of law is. That's what freedom is in in the modern world or the ancient world. It's all the same. They say that's why people came to us from troubled places all over the world fleeing banana republics. In other words, fleeing places where you didn't have the rule of law, you had the rule of men. You had not an unchanging set of laws that, you know, set of rules like like a game you're playing that everybody had to adhere to to assure a fair play. But you had just people applying the law where they want, not applying it where they don't want. If you're a friend of someone powerful, you're not subject to laws. But if you're an enemy of the ruling powers, whether you've committed a law uh, violation or not, you'll be charged with something and put out of the way. This is the chaos of tyranny, and it's exactly what is being inflicted on the American people right now. Say the Biden team seems to be intent on turning us into the uh, banana republics that people have fled from. We've seen the stark difference in the way the January 6th defendants have been treated versus BLM or other leftist rioters. And just to illustrate that, one of the Black Lives Matter rioters who threw a Molotov cocktail at a cop car, burning it down, received a couple months in prison, far less than the QAnon shaman Jake Angeli received when he peacefully walked through the open door of the Capitol, shaking hands with police, coordinating with police, and, and then when Donald Trump sent out the message to evacuate, encouraged all of his fellow protesters to peacefully abandon the Capitol. So according to our new law system, throwing a Molotov cocktail at police officers, less damaging, less threatening, less punishment than walking around the Capitol with the permission of the Capitol Police at the side of Capitol Police and in coordination with the Capitol Police. I mean this is how utterly absurd this is. And of course we know from whistleblowers recently that the FBI uh, has been – essentially fabricating domestic terrorism cases, taking agents off of actual like human trafficking cases and putting them on totally nonsensical domestic terrorism cases in order to pump up the numbers in order to justify their prosecution of dissidents in this country. So you've got the DOJ ruthlessly attacking abortion protesters or election fraud protesters coordinating with big tech directly to surveil the private messages of people who do things like question the 2020 election. Meanwhile, California releases thousands of convicted pedophiles within a year of conviction. California has released thousands of convicted pedophiles after only spending a few months in prison. Such pedophiles have been convicted of a range of horrific acts, including raping children under 14. More than 7,000 persons convicted of lewd or lascivious acts with children under the age of 14 have been released in the very same year they were convicted. Convicts who committed even more heinous crimes, such as sodomy and rape of children, also served short sentences. So this is the priority of our current government. These are the priorities. Ruin a child's life, steal, steal someone's innocence, violate and abuse a child. You get a couple months in prison, walk through the open doors of a Capitol. You're going away for decades, my friend. This is the priority of these people. This is what our current Department of Justice is engaged in. 
And, of course, the problems with the election haven't gone away. Pennsylvania County that ran out of paper ballots fails to certify election results. Of course, this continues to be a fallout from the utter destruction of our legitimate electoral system in this country. And all it would really take would be a couple of uh, stalwart Republicans actually standing up against this instead of contributing to the narrative by calling January 6th protesters terrorists and allowing the DOJ to run roughshod over our every right. As if this isn't coming for you. As if liberals or blue-blood Republicans are somehow immune to the tyrannical actions of -of out-of-control prosecutors at the Department of Justice. This will come down on all of our heads. We can stand up now or we can subject ourselves to the horror that awaits us if we do nothing. Of course, even saying that, I guess, will now be used as uh, evidence in my treason trial where they say he's, he threatened bloody civil war. No, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen if we don't stop things now. Sorry, that's just the way that's going to go. We'll be back in the next hour. We're going to talk about uh, Project Veritas revealing another just horrific thing being done by our own government in absolute abandonment of our laws and the safety of our people in favor of political reorganization of the population. It's pretty wild stuff. Stay tuned. In the meantime, go to InfoWarsStore.com. Take advantage of the mega blowout sale. Still up on the internet. You get a free gift with every order. It's supposed to end today, so it can't go on much longer. You're getting 60% off, 50% off, or 40% off our top-selling products like Bodies, DNA Force Plus, and Brain Force Plus. But get them now while you still can. They're selling out rapidly. InfoWarsStore.com. Keep us on the air and keep us in the fight. We're not giving up no matter how tyrannical these scumbags get. Christmas 2022 is almost here, and we have great products at InfoWarsStore.com that empower your body, your libido, your immune system, that just enrich your life. So whether it's Vitamin Mineral Fusion or DNA Force Plus or Body's Ultimate Tumor Formula, they're all still in stock, discounted up to 60% with promo code 1776. And now, finally, we have brought back free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com on orders of $50 or more and big discounts on the regular shipping as well. Plus the book, The Great Reset in the War for the World, signed or unsigned. It's also available with free shipping at InfoWarsStore.com. So again, that's free shipping on all orders, $50 or more at InfoWarsStore.com and up to 60% off at checkout with promo code 1776. And we've got the signed and unsigned copies of the Great Reset War for the World book as well, which make perfect stocking stuffers. Don't wait. Take action at InfoWarsStore.com today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of American Journal has begun. The story we found at Postmillennial. 16-year-old migrant pimped out by sponsor under Biden HHS, Project Veritas Reveals. Project Veritas released a report on Tuesday that featured a whistleblower that worked with the federal government's Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency. The report features whistleblower Tara Lee Rodas, who volunteered to assist the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, which aimed to help process unaccompanied migrant children. What she found out they were doing instead horrified her beyond description. She went to Project Veritas to tell the story. Here is the video. The tax dollars of people who are listening are paying to put children in the hands 
of criminals. I said, I need to make you aware. And they said, Tara, we don't get sued by traffickers. A government whistleblower has stepped forward to Project Veritas to detail her harrowing experience at the Department of Health and Human Services. In 2021, this whistleblower volunteered to assist HHS with the placement of unaccompanied minors and was deployed to the Migrant Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California. There, she witnessed the agency failing these children, as she puts it, doing the work of the cartels on your tax dollars. These vulnerable children, we care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. With your dollars and my dollars, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. God forbid it's sex trafficking. Project Veritas embarked on a nine-month investigation across the country to corroborate our whistleblower's claims. So he attempted to traffic children, and he's still at address in Texas. Yes. We have 44 unaccompanied children at that address. We have 25 unaccompanied children at that address. Project Veritas put boots on the ground, visiting scores of addresses the whistleblower shared from case files she worked on. What we found was shocking. There's a girl saying that they pimped, this woman pimped me out. How many men did she force you to, to be with? How many men? Well, many. I don't remember, the 16-year-old says. I didn't like what she was doing to me. She forced on me. Is she really your aunt, or is she... She said that she knew me since I was a young child, but I didn't know her. Hold up that order of deportation to that child and say, if you do not do what I say, I'm going to call ICE on you myself. Says I escaped, the 16-year-old says, I escaped one night. Later on, she called immigration. That this is something that HHS wants people to know. If you're a case manager and you know this information, if you really care about the children being safe, you need to come forward. So that's a video by Project Veritas. This, of course, comes after... The whistleblower came out to Savannah Hernandez. She did that great interview with the guy saying, look, I I was helping to traffic children. They were putting children by the hundreds onto planes, flying them to far off cities and handing them to men who didn't recognize the children and whom the children didn't recognize themselves. Like they didn't know who this guy was that they were handing them off to. The guy had no identification. In fact, the people being handed children then used the children's uh, card for their own identification in order to get on planes and stuff like that. I mean all, all of this is is well known. None of it's being prosecuted. None of it's being actually looked at by the DOJ or the Border Patrol or anybody else. They're actively engaged in human trafficking in addition to simply opening the border to millions of people who do not qualify for asylum. What happens is they come across. They say, I'm here to qualify for asylum even though they don't because there are certain strictures that actually qualify for asylum because it's supposed to be used to actually defend people who are being prosecuted by their government. That's the purpose of it, but it's being abused by activist groups and NGOs in cooperation with the United States government in order to flood our country with illegal immigrants and invaders uh, who don't qualify. So they come across, they say, I'm here to apply for asylum. They say, great, well, we're super backed up because we've let a million people in this year. So why don't you come back in October? And then they never see the people again after they give them a a wad full of cash and uh, plane tickets to Philadelphia. That's how it goes. This is what our government is engaged in. This is what our democracy is about, apparently. And if you oppose it, you're a domestic terrorist. Don't try to do anything about it. Don't speak up about it. Don't try to change it. Oh, no. 
You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Supposedly, Elon Musk is freeing tens of thousands of previously suspended Twitter accounts. None of mine are apparently on that list. I haven't gotten any of mine back yet, unfortunately, but some people have, such as Carl Benjamin, a.k.a. Sargon of Akkad. He's returned to Twitter. And yesterday he posted this image that I have been looking for for years. It's a, it's a 4chan post that I saw probably five years ago and has been stuck in my head ever since, but I was never able to find the image from when I first saw it. I've actually talked about this concept before, sort of paraphrasing this idea, but I think the way that this post puts it is really unparalleled. It has to do with well, it has to do with the undermining of the very basis of our country and the reorganization of our civilization from a positive force to a negative one. I'll just read it here. It says foundation myth. How do you recognize a foundation myth? It fulfills three functions. One, it explains the origin and structure of the world and society. Two, it defines ultimate good and ultimate evil. And from those definitions are derived the values that are used to justify the holding of power. Three, it determines what is held sacred in that society. For modern Westerners, the, the story of World War II has become their foundation myth. It fulfills all three functions. We live in the post-war world. The lines on the map, the institutions, the sense of what era we live in all arise from the starting point of World War II. Two, the ultimate evil is Nazis. The ultimate good is opposing Nazis. The values derived from these definitions are anti-racism, equality, diversity, anti-nationalism, and so on. Three, the only thing that is held sacred that cannot be denied or mocked in the contemporary West is the Holocaust. The problem is that all three functions are backwards or negative. Instead of the origin event being one of fertility and new life, it, it was a conflagration of death and destruction. Instead of the ultimate good taking the central position in the story, that slot is occupied by the ultimate evil. Everyone knows that Adolf Hitler, the, pers- the personification of evil, holds the center point of the World War II story. And that instead of being held sacred, instead of that which is held sacred being something mysterious and sublime, it, the Holocaust, is an obscenity. Having a negative foundation myth means the tree of life for Westerners is poisoned. Having a negative foundation myth myth means that the tree of life for Westerners is poisoned. And, of course, you can look at not just the the foundation myth of World War II, not claiming World War II is a myth, but you you get the phrase. We compare that to the foundation myth that was before because we had a foundation myth, but that's changed in the last 60 or so years. Right? The original foundation myth was the American Revolution. Its central figure was George Washington, a man of unparalleled goodness. And so you sort of have a you sort of have a binary attack going on here where the original foundation myth, which was the American Revolution, in which to go by these standards, the origin and structure of the world and society in other words, the origin or structure of America was predicated on individuals, independent men standing up against tyranny and demanding and gaining for themselves personal liberty of speech, of thought, of religion, 
of conscience and defending that, not imposing it on anybody else, but defending their own against a tyrannical figure. The tyrannical figure doesn't you know, hold the central position. We, we hardly talk about King George, right? Most Americans couldn't even say who the king was that we were rebelling against, but everybody knows George Washington because the key figure, the central figure in this was celebrated for bravery and goodness and willingness to abandon his claims, which he could have exploited to become king of America, to impose a, some sort of tyrannical monarchy on America. He had all of the political power to do so, but instead he stepped aside and went back to his farm like Cincinnatus or any of the other you know, honorable Romans that they modeled themselves after. The second point of this is it defines ultimate good and ultimate evil, and from those definitions are derived the values we use to justify the holding of power. So, of course, if you look at the American Revolution, the ultimate evil would be tyranny. The ultimate good would be freedom and liberty. These are, these are wonderful things, right? These are things that it doesn't matter who you are. You want liberty for yourself and to want to impose or strip liberty from other people is seen as the ultimate evil. And they say it justifies the holding of power in that our government is supposed to be there to guarantee and ensure our expression of liberty. But that's not the case anymore. Three, it says it determines what is held sacred in that society. Again, the sacred central point of America would be liberty itself, self-determination, and the ability to not be held down by your condition of birth. So these are the things that are being stripped and destroyed while establishing a new culture based on the foundation myth that is contrary to those in a lot of ways. Nationalism would also be a central point of America. If you look at the – well, my, my favorite sweater from InfoWarsStore.com, join or die, right? The, the join or die flag saying we can't afford to be you know, separate individuals in this. We all have to come together. We'll have to hang together or we'll all hang separately, right? So that's a, that's a nationalistic idea. It's an idea that we as a nation, as a people with different, you know, different uh, particularities in our religion or our you know, way of life still are unified by a common culture, a common overarching religion, and a common need to defend ourselves against the tyranny of others. That's a nationalistic idea. And so now you look at the founding fathers, you ask people on the street what they know about Thomas Jefferson or George Washington, what they'll say is mostly negative, right? They were slave owners and rapists. They were old white men who were imposing you know, their control on everybody else, despite the fact that you can read their writings. Every one of them abhorred slavery, was desperate to end the practice, but was stuck in a culture that relied on slavery and didn't have an easy way to extricate themselves from it. But of course, it was Western culture, in particular the Brits, that ended the worldwide slave trade that had been going on for oh, the last 10,000 years or so. Something to be celebrated, but no, now they bear the, the cost of that. In the same way that America and American men who were sent by the hundreds of thousands into Europe to free Europe from the grip of the Nazis are now themselves called Nazis. For believing the same thing that those veterans and heroes of the Second World War believed themselves. 
everything's inverted. Everything's backwards. They've torn down our original founding myth, which was one of positivity, liberty, freedom, justice, rule of law, nationalism. And they're replacing it with the inverse of that. They're reigniting the tyranny, and it's all based on uh, this founding myth of World War II. And of course, it, it extends, right? You can talk about the founding myth of Texas, which is sort of a, a sequel to the American Revolution. You know, a lot of people in the Texas Revolution were the sons or grandsons of people that had participated in the American Revolution. They sort of wanted a taste of that action. So you have the founding myth of things like the Alamo, San Jacinto, and the stand of Texas patriots against Mexican tyranny. You have a different but still well-formed foundation myth that decides and informs you know, the purpose and the reason that you even have such a thing as government. That also is under concerted attack right now from all angles. All you have to do is search the Alamo on Google, and your top results will be, we should forget the Alamo. And actually, the Alamo was white supremacy, despite the fact that a lot of people there were uh, Mexican themselves, and just like Texas, several other provinces of the state of Mexico rebelled at the same time against the despicable tyranny of Santana. So we're getting rid of those founding myths, getting rid of the the positive, life-affirming, freedom-oriented founding myths and replacing them with a founding myth that demonizes the very people that defeated Hitler as now being agents of Hitler as he has replaced Satan in our new uh, religious organization in this country. I think it goes to explain a lot, and I'm glad we finally uh, found this image again. I've been looking for it for years. Once a tragedy reaches a level of national significance, American citizens should be allowed to basically question that event in any way that they deem fit. The First Amendment is unique in the world. That's what they want to take away, your ability to speak freely. So they're going to go for Mike Lindell next, or are they going to go for Steve Bannon, or are they going to go for Tucker Carlson? I studied the globalists 30 years ago, but on air 28 years, and I knew they were planning all of this, and I warned the public as a modern Paul Revere. But I couldn't have done it without your support. And now, because we've been so successful warning the population of the planet, not just America, we're public enemy number one when it comes to the globalist agenda. That's why it's more important than ever to realize how successful InfoWars has been because of your past support. So I salute you and I thank you. And I ask you now, at the critical juncture of the battle, to redouble your efforts by visiting InfoWarsStore.com and getting amazing products that keep us on air. 1776 of the promo code. The destination is InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. Why don't we talk about cryptocurrency? Okay. Because one of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. And you have a page on your website that's just for cryptocurrency donations, right? InfoWars.com forward slash crypto. Is that a little advertisement just there? Well, we're fighting the deep state. We need okay. money. All right. This is it. Give crypto fun info wars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, right? That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Okay. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. You know, I mean, I mean, people want to keep us in the fight. So, I, I, I mean, I hope whoever the big whales are, they'll give us money before we keep going. We'll just keep, we'll just keep... Minting money as you're in this courtroom. Objection. Objection. All right, let's move on. People care about the First Amendment. You're 
listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Still a lot to talk about in today's program. We'll be joined by Bryson Gray in the third hour to talk about some of his latest music that's been banned from Apple Music, as well as protest he has uh, been putting on against Balenciaga. <laughs> there's a really good, there's a good uh, Babylon B article. You know, uh, did I not put it in here? It doesn't matter. It's just a, it was just a parody art, uh, article anyway, but essentially it was saying, you know, f- you know, finally thousands of, or, you know, h- dozens of, of celebrities abandoned Balenciaga, d- you know, claimed they'll never work for Balenciaga again after a uh, MyPillow was spotted in one of the, <laughs> in one of the shots. Celebrities cut ties with Balenciaga after my, my pillow spotted in photo shoot. It's a fake headline, but is it though? Is it is it really? Does does it not illustrate something undeniably true, which is that the coordinated way that the media and the powers that be and the government activists and the celebrities themselves all studiously ignore these insane, horrific stories. You just don't hear about them. People just don't know they're going on. While causing massive outrage and, and creating huge earth-ending scandals about the most normal stuff like selling pillows or Nick Fuentes eating dinner with Donald Trump. These are these are major things that deserve hours and hours of television coverage. But, you know, Health and Human Services operating a human trafficking ring, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Millions of people crossing the border, we, we won't mention that very much unless we can blame it on Donald Trump. It is really really makes you think, doesn't it? Doesn't it really? Doesn't it just really make you think about all this? The way that outrage is managed in only one direction, and things that are absolutely outrageous from the very depth of your heart, you should feel this reverberating terror at the way our government is acting right now, and the things some people are allowed to get away with. And I have multiple stories. I already covered one, but uh, you've got California releasing thousands of convict of convicted pedophiles within just a year of their incarceration. Well, meanwhile, you have New York City Democrat DA under fire for downgrading over half of all felony cases to misdemeanors. So 52 percent of felony cases, you know, felonies, real, real big, big deal crimes, murders, assaults, kidnappings arsons over half of them they downgrade to misdemeanors to get a plea deal because the courts are so backed up because the crime rate is so high because of the activist da's and this is encouraged celebrated treated as good how many thousands of people have had their lives destroyed how many tens of thousands of people now live in fear on a daily basis traumatized by some criminal activity by somebody that was released from prison the day before because they got their charges downgraded they don't care they couldn't care less it's not about that. It's about what's useful politically. And I guess punishing crime is just, just not that popular anymore in our lovely democracy. 
New York County Democrat District Attorney Alvin Bragg is in hot water following recent reports that he downgraded 52 percent of felony cases to misdemeanors in 2022, while New New Yorkers continue to face surging crime rates, Fox News Digital reported. 39% of felony charges were downgraded to misdemeanors in 2019. From 2013 to 2020, under District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr., the percentage downgraded cases never exceeded 40%. But since since taking office, Bragg's office has won only 51% of prosecuted felony charges compared to Vance's 68% in 2019. Bragg has declined to uh, to prosecute 35% more felony cases this year compared to 2019. Yeah, just declined to prosecute. Yeah, you got got the guy on camera. You you know, he's, he's a... He's got a rap sheet, you know, 40 items long, just a life of blatant criminality, and they just go unpunished. It's not important. It's not outrageous. Shouldn't be mad at it, or else you're a racist, okay? Glad we understand. But all of course is uh, – all of this, of course, is cultural. Now, here's the – yeah, here's the actual story. Celebrities cut ties with Balenciaga after MyPillow spotted in photo shoot. Like this is the crazy thing. I, again, it's a joke, but is it though? Like if Balenciaga teamed up with MyPillow, Balenciaga would be probably removed. Their app would be removed from the app store. Uh, they would be banned from advertising on any mainstream media platforms. They would be treated like a pariah. Why? Because some jolly man with a mustache and a, and a cross necklace is trying to sell pillows. It's unacceptable. Can't have it. Yeah, but put a child in a ball gag. And have them play with a BDSM teddy bear. That's totally fine. Now they'll 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 think about maybe considering lessening their cooperation with Balenciaga a little bit, a little bit. That's more important to them. More outrageous to them that a conservative sell pillows than a child be photographed with BDSM accoutrement. All right. I mean, this, this is the culture that that we live in now. L.A. Times is diving headfirst into this cesspit. They say TikTok's TikTok's vibe check analyst helps queer youth feel comfortable in their own skin. Picture of a muscular man in a dress who uh, wants to to help your children feel more comfortable with his sexuality. And they love this. And they're writing a glowing article about what a great thing this is. This is our culture. This is our culture, ladies and gentlemen. A two-bedroom L.A. apartment is bustling with the chaotic but choreographed action of a music video set. Streams of purple light intermingle with the translucent clouds of a fog machine. Oh, it's like a, it's like a poem. It's like poetry. It's like Xanadu. It's beautiful. An outfit handmade from hundreds of sparkling gems is getting a final touch-up at a sewing table. All while Beyonce's recent ode to celestial excellence, alien superstars booming on a pair of speakers. Behind the production is a team of one, Tyrus Winter. Full-on groomer, folks. I mean, it's just... There's like, we're not groomers, but we are infiltrating your children's media to make them feel comfortable with our sexuality. We want, we want them to feel comfortable and joyous as a half-naked man uh, seduces them. Our culture, folks. Here it is. It's so, it's so much our culture, it's actually, at this point, it is the Western uh, government... Religion. That's what it is now. Canada to summon Russian envoy over hateful LGBTQ tweets. Russian's foreign minister on Monday offered her officials to summon Russia's ambassador to Ottawa, Oleg Stepanov, over a series of hateful anti-LGBT tweets, including one aimed at an openly lesbian federal minister. 
Now, do you think these were actually hateful or do you think they simply opposed the religion? Were they hateful or were they blasphemous to your state religion? <laughs> the LGBT uh, temple. This is an attack on the Canadian values of acceptance and tolerance. So just picture, like picture Iran summoning a U.S. Uh, you know, ambassador to account for his anti-Islamic tweets. It's the same thing. We have a new state religion. It's the LGBTQ religion, and uh, our government is performing all of the things you would expect of a theocracy in regard to this. How dare you question our new theocracy, the LGBTQ agenda? Wild stuff. Folks, we're going to play on the other side an extended interview from the 1950s of Aldous Huxley. Stay tuned. It's extremely informative. At the time of cutting this announcement, we are halfway into the month of November 2022. We're running the biggest sale of the year right through December, but many of our best-selling products will sell out in the next week to two weeks and will not be back in stock for at least two to three months. So now is the time to get up to 60% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com on amazing products like X3, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, DNA Force Plus, Ultimate Krill Oil, Ultimate Fish Oil. There are so many other incredible products available at InfoWarsStore.com. It would take an hour to list them all. My book, The Great Reset, The War for the World, unsigned copies and signed copies, again available at InfoWarsStore.com. Please do your Christmas shopping early and support the InfoWar at this critical juncture for America and the future of the world. Again, the biggest sales of the year running now. Most of the products are still in stock, but not for long at InfoWarsStore. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Watch the American Journal weekday mornings, 8 to 11 central at band.video. This is Aldous Huxley, a man haunted by a vision of hell on earth. A searing social critic, Mr. Huxley, 27 years ago, wrote Brave New World. A novel that predicted that someday the entire world would live under a frightful dictatorship. Today, Mr. Huxley says that his fictional world of horror is probably just around the corner for all of us. We'll find out why in a moment. The Mike Wallace Interview, presented by the American Broadcasting Company, in association with the Fund for the Republic, brings you a special television series discussing the problems of survival and freedom in America. Good evening, I'm Mike Wallace. Tonight's guest, Aldous Huxley, is a man of letters, as disturbing as he is distinguished. Born in England, now a resident of California, Mr. Huxley has written some of the most electric novels and social criticism of this century. He's just finished a series of essays called Enemies of Freedom, in which he outlines and defines some of the threats to our freedom in the United States. And Mr. Huxley, right off the bat, let me ask you this. As you see it, who and what are the enemies of freedom here in the United States? Well, I don't think you can say who in the United States. I don't think there are any sinister persons deliberately trying to rob people of their freedom. But I do think, first of all, that there are a number of impersonal forces which are pushing in the direction of less and less freedom. And I also think that there are a number of technological devices 
which anybody who wishes to use can use to accelerate this process of going away from freedom, of imposing control. Well, what are these forces and these devices, Mr. Hudson? I should say that the, uh, there are two main impersonal forces. Uh, uh, the first of them is not exceedingly important in the United States at the present time, though very important in other countries. Uh, this is the force which in general terms can be called overpopulation, the, the mounting pressure of population pressing upon existing resources. Uh, this, of course, is an extraordinary thing. Something is happening which has never happened in the world's history before. I mean, let's just take a, a simple fact that between the, the time of the birth of Christ and the landing of the Mayflower, the population of the Earth doubled. It rose from 250 million to probably 500 million. Today, the population of the Earth is rising at such a rate that it will double in half a century. Well, why should overpopulation work to diminish our freedoms? Well, in a number of ways. I mean, the, the um, experts in the field, like Harrison Brown, for example, pointed out that in the underdeveloped countries, uh, actually the standard of living is at present falling, that people have less to eat and less goods per capita than they had 50 years ago. And as the position of these countries, the economic position, becomes more and more precarious, obviously the central government has to take over more and more responsibility for keeping the ship of state on an even keel. And then, of course, you're likely to get um, social unrest under such conditions with, again, an, inv uh, 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 an intervention of the central government. So that I think uh, you, one sees here a pattern which seems to be pushing very strongly towards a totalitarian regime. And unfortunately, as in all these uh, underdeveloped countries, the only highly organized political party is the Communist Party, it, it looks rather as though they will be the heirs to this uh, uh, unfortunate process, that they will step into the power position of power. Well, then, ironically enough, the, one of the greatest forces against communism in the world, the Catholic Church, according to your thesis, would seem to be pushing us directly into the hands of the communists because they are against birth control. Well, I think this strange paradox probably is true. Uh, there is a, uh, It's a, an extraordinary situation, actually. I mean, the, one has to look at it, of course, from a biological point of view. The whole essence of... Uh, of biological life on Earth is a question of balance, and what we have done is to practice death control in a most uh, intensive manner without uh, balancing this with uh, birth control at the other end. Consequently, the uh, birth rates remain as high as they were, and death rates have fallen substantially. <coughs> All right, then. So much for the time being, anyway, for overpopulation. Another force that is diminishing our freedoms. Well, another force which I think is very strongly operative in this country is the force of what may be called over-organization. Uh, as technology becomes more and more complicated, it becomes necessary to have more and more elaborate organizations, more hierarchical organizations. And incidentally, the advance of technology has been accompanied by an advance in the science of organization. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. And so that you have more and more people 
living their lives out as subordinates in these hierarchical systems controlled by bureaucracies, either the bureaucracies of big business or the bureaucracies of big government. Mm -hmm. Now, the devices that you were talking about, are there specific devices or uh, uh, methods of communication which diminish our freedoms in addition to overpopulation and overorganization? Well, there are certainly devices which can be used in this way. I mean, let us uh, take, uh, after all, a piece of very recent and very painful history is the uh, propaganda used by Hitler, which was incredibly effective. I mean, let. What were Hitler's methods? Hitler used terror on the one kind, brute force on the one hand, but he also used a very efficient uh, form of, uh, of propaganda, which uh, uh, he was using every modern device at that time. He didn't have TV, but he had the, the radio, which he used to the fullest extent, mm -hmm. and was able to uh, impose his will on an immense mass of people. I mean, the Germans were a highly educated people. Well, we're aware of all this, but how do you equate Hitler's use of propaganda with the way that propaganda, if you will, is used, let us say, here in the United States? Are you suggesting that uh, there no, is a parallel? Needless to say, it's not being used in this way now. But uh, I, I, the point is, it seems to me, that there are, are methods at present available, methods superior in some respects to, to Hitler's method, which could be used in a bad situation. I mean, I, what I feel very strongly is that we mustn't be caught by surprise by our own advancing technology. This has happened again and again in history. Technology has advanced, and this changes social conditions. And suddenly people have found themselves in a situation which they didn't foresee and doing all sorts of things they didn't really want to do. Well, now, what do you mean? Do you mean that we, we develop our television, but we don't know how to use it correctly? Is that the point that you're making? Well, at present, the television, I think, is being used uh, quite harmlessly. It's being used, I think, uh, I would feel it's being used too much to distract everybody all the time. But, I mean, imagine, which must be the situation in all communist countries, where the television, where it exists is always saying the same thing the whole time, is always driving along. It's not creating a wide front of distraction, it's creating a one-pointed uh, drumming in of a single idea all the time. It's obviously an immensely powerful instrument. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the potential misuse of the instrument. Exactly. We have, of course, all technology is in itself morally neutral. These are just powers which can either be used well or ill. It's the same thing with atomic energy. We can either use it to blow ourselves up, or we can use it as a substitute for the coal and the oil which are running out. You've even written about the use of drugs in this light. Well, now, th this is a very interesting uh, subject. I mean, uh, in this book that you mentioned, this book of mine, Brave New World, uh, I postulated a substance called Soma, which was a very versatile drug. It would uh, make people feel happy in small doses, it would uh, make them see visions in medium doses, and it would send them to sleep in large doses. Well, I don't think uh, such a drug exists now, nor do I think it will ever exist, but we do have drugs which will do some of these things, and I think it's quite on the cards that we may have drugs which will profoundly change uh, our mental states without doing us any harm. I mean, this is the, the pharmacological revolution which has taken place, that we have now powerful mind-changing drugs which, physiologically speaking, are almost costly. I mean, they are not like opium or like coca.
It's the fourth coin that we've released in the last year. And I believe the most powerful, the man in the arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt. Citizen of a republic, the man in the arena. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence in the world. It will never be made again. And it's not just an amazing historic coin. It funds the information war against the globalist. This is something you want to hand down to your grandchildren. This is something you want to own. And as a fundraiser, it is funding the information war against the globalist. Ladies and gentlemen, 10,000 coins are available. They'll sell out very quickly. Please be part of history. And thank you all for your support. You can go to 1776coin.com or you can go to patriotcollectibles.com and secure this coin. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence and it funds the info war. Man in the Arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt, 1776coin.com. I've got some good news and bad news. InfoWars is running the biggest sale of 2022 right now on our amazing products. Your chance to empower your body, your health, your immune system, and more, and keep us on the air, a win-win. The bad news is a bunch of our best-selling products have already sold out, and because of supply chain breakdowns, it'll be months and months until these great products come back in. X3 sold out. Our great American coffee blend has sold out. Uh, BioTrucelinium has sold out. But what hasn't sold out is DNA Force Plus, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, Whole Food Multivitamin, Brain Force Ultra, Super Mel Vitality, and so much more. So you've only got a few weeks to get these products at the lowest price you're ever going to find them. Don't fight the crowds. Don't fight the traffic. Don't do all your Christmas shopping in a month like a fool. Do it now. Get it all over with. Get a great deal. And keep InfoWars on the air while empowering your body. InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Watch The American Journal weekday mornings, 8 to 11 central at band.video. Mr. Huxley, in your new essays, you state that these various enemies of freedom are pushing us toward a real-life brave new world, and you say that it's awaiting us just around the corner. First of all, can you detail for us what life in this brave new world which you fear so much, or what life might be like? Well, to start with, I think this kind of the dictatorship of the future, I think will be very unlike uh, the dictatorships which we've been familiar with in the immediate past. I mean, take another book prophesying the future, uh, which was a very remarkable book, uh, George Orwell's 1984. Mm -hmm. Well, this book was written at the height of the Stalinist regime and just after the Hitler regime. And he, there he foresaw a dictatorship using entirely the methods of terror, the methods of physical violence. Uh, now, I, I think what, what is going to happen in the future is the dictators will find, as the old saying goes, that you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you want to preserve your power indefinitely, you have to get the consent of the ruled. And this they will do, partly by drugs, as I foresaw in, uh, in Brave New World, partly by these uh, new techniques of, uh, uh, of propaganda. Uh, they will do it by bypassing the sort of rational side of man and appealing to his uh, subconscious and his uh, deeper emotions and his physiology even, and so making him actually love his slavery. I mean, I think this is the danger, that actually people may be 
in some ways happy under the new uh, regime, but they will be happy in situations where they oughtn't to be happy. Now, but let me ask you this. You're talking about a world that could take place within the confines of a totalitarian state. Mm. Let's become more immediate, more urgent about it. We believe, anyway, that we live in democracy here in the United States. Do you believe that this brave new world that you talk about uh, could, let's say, in the next quarter century, the next century, could come here to our shores? I think it could. I mean, I, I, that's why I feel it's so extremely important here and now to start thinking about these problems, not to let ourselves be taken by surprise by the uh, new advances in technology. I mean, the, for example, in, in regard to the use of the, of the drugs, we know there's enough evidence now for us to be able, on the basis of this evidence and using a certain amount of creative imagination, to foresee the kind of uses which could be made in a, uh, by people of bad will with these things, uh, and to attempt to to forestall this. And in the same way, I think with these other methods of uh, propaganda, we can foresee and we can do a good deal to forestall. I mean, after all, be, um, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. This you write in Enemies of Freedom, you write specifically about the United States. You say this, writing about American political campaigns. You say, all that is needed is money and a candidate who can be coached to look sincere. Political principles and plans for specific action have come to lose most of their importance. The personality of the candidate, the way he is projected by the advertising experts, are the things that really matter. Well, this is... Uh uh, during the last campaign, there was a great deal of uh, this kind of uh, statement by the uh, advertising managers of the campaign parties, this idea that the, uh, the candidates had to be merchandised as though they were soap or toothpaste, and that you had to depend entirely on the personality. I'm, I mean, the personality is important, but there are certainly people with an extremely amiable personality, particularly on TV, who might not necessarily be very good... Uh, uh, in politi pol uh, positions of political trust. Well, do you feel that men like Eisenhower, Stevenson, Nixon, with knowledge of forethought, were trying to pull the wool over the eyes of the American public? Uh, no, but they were, they were being advised by powerful um, advertising agencies who were making campaigns of a quite different kind from what had been made before. And I think we shall see probably... Uh, all kinds of uh, new devices uh, coming into the picture. I mean, the, for example, this thing which got a good deal of publicity last autumn, a subliminal projection. I mean, as it stands, this thing, I think, is of uh, no menace to us at the moment. But I was talking the other day to one of the people who has done most experimental work in the in psychological laboratory with this, was saying precisely this, that it is not at the moment a danger, but once you've established a principle uh, that something works, you can be absolutely sure that the technology of it is going to improve steadily. And I mean, his view of the subject was that, uh, well, maybe they will use it to some extent in the 1960 campaign, but they will probably use it a good deal and much more effectively in the 1964 campaign, because this is the kind of rate at which technology advances. And we'll be persuaded to vote for a candidate that we do not know that we are being persuaded to exactly. vote for. Exactly. I mean, this is a rather alarming mm. feature, that you're being persuaded below the level of choice and reason. In uh, 
In regard to advertising, which you mentioned just a little ago, in your writing, particularly in Enemies of Freedom, you attack Madison Avenue, which controls most of our television and radio, advertising, newspaper advertising, and so forth. Why do you consistently attack the advertising uh, agency? Well, no, I, so I think that uh, advertisement plays a very necessary role, but the danger, it seems to me, in a democracy is this. I mean, what does a democracy depend on? A democracy depends on the individual voter making an intelligent and rational choice for what he regards as his enlightened self-interest in any given circumstance. But what these people are doing, I mean, what both for their particular purposes for selling goods and the dictatorial um, propagandists are doing, is to try to bypass the rational side of man and to appeal directly to these unconscious forces below the surface, so that you are, in a way, making nonsense of the whole democratic procedure, which is based on conscious choice, of, on rational grounds. Of course, well, maybe, maybe I, you have just answered this, this next question, because in your essay, you write about television commercials, not just political commercials, but television commercials as such. And how, as you put it, today's children walk around singing beer commercials and toothpaste commercials. And then you link this phenomenon in some way with the dangers of a dictatorship. Now, could you spell out the connection, or how do you feel that you have done so sufficiently? Well, I mean, here, okay, this whole question of children, I think, is a terribly important one, because the children are quite clearly much more suggestible than the average grown-up. And, uh, again, I suppose that, uh, that for one reason or another, all the propaganda was in the hands of one or very few agencies you would uh, have an extraordinarily powerful force playing on these children who, after all, are going to grow up and be adults quite soon. Uh, I do think that uh, this is not an immediate threat, but it, it remains a possible threat. And you said something to the effect in your essay that the children of Europe used to be called cannon fodder, and here in the United States they are television and radio fodder. Well, after all, they, you can read in the... In the trade journals, the most lyrical accounts of how necessary it is to get hold of the children, because then they will be loyal brand buyers later on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, again, the, you just translate this into political terms. The dictator says they will be loyal ideology buyers when they're grown up. We hear so much about brainwashing as used by the communists. Do you see any brainwashing other than that which we've just been talking about? that is used here in the United States? Are the forms of brainwashing? Not in the form uh, that uh, has been used in, in China and in Russia, because uh, this is uh, essentially the application of propaganda methods, the most violent kind, to individuals. It's not a shotgun method like mm -hmm. the, uh, the advertising method. It's a way of getting hold of the person and playing both on his physiology and his psychology, till he really breaks down, and then you can implant a new idea in his head. I mean, the descriptions of the methods are, are really blood-curdling when you, you read them, and not only the methods applied to political prisoners, but the methods applied, for example, to the training of the young communist administrators and missionaries. They receive a, an incredibly tough kind of training, which may causes about 25% of them to break down or commit suicide, but produces 75% of completely one-pointed fanatics. The question, of course, that keeps coming back to my mind is this. Obviously, politics in themselves are not evil. Television is not in itself evil. Atomic energy is not evil. And yet, you seem to fear that it will be used in an evil way. Why is it? 
that the right people will not, in your estimation, use them, why is it that the wrong people will use these various devices and for the wrong motive? Well, I think one of the, uh, of the reasons is that uh, these are all instruments for obtaining power, and obviously the passion for power is one of the most moving passions that exist in man, and uh, after all, this is all democracies are based on the proposition that power is very dangerous and that it's uh, extremely important not to let any one man or any one small group have too much power for too long a time. After what are the British and American constitutions except devices for limiting power? And all these uh, new devices are extremely efficient instruments for the imposition of power by small groups over larger masses. Until about 150 years ago, cultures all over the world believed that people got sick and died in many cases in the winter because of something called vapors. They associated these poisonous vapors with cold weather. Of course, it wasn't the cold weather or catching a chill that killed people. What was killing people was a lack of vitamin D3. You see, the sun via your skin helps your body produce vitamin D3. But if you're not getting enough sun, you will not produce vitamin D3, and then it's very easy for viruses and other things to start replicating and taking your body over. So now it's more important than ever, because the winter's here, to take high-quality vitamin D3, and we have the best with our vitamin D3 gummies with calcium for better upload into your body for 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com with promo code 1776. Don't wait. Support the InfoWar and your immune system with vitamin D3 gummies at InfoWarsStore.com.